the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Sometimes I feel like I didn't refresh my screen. Hey, is today the same as yesterday? And the answer is no, 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 not today. Um, yesterday we started a little bit on the weak side and we kind of grew some momentum, a little bit of a Santa Claus, ho, 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 end of the year rally today, a little bit different where we started off in the green and we're starting to trend a little bit lower, a little bit of the Grinch that came after Christmas. We have a lot of question marks as far as what's really going on here. Stocks hit record highs, adding to the year end rally. Yesterday, we have the House of Representatives passing a bill increasing stimulus checks from $600 to $2,000. Trump called for it. He got his wish. The House of Representatives said, sure, why not give people more money? Keep in mind the House of Representatives Democrat-controlled, in theory. So now it's up to the Senate to figure out, now what do we do? We didn't really want that much stimulus. The president's kind of gone rogue on us. We're going to look bad in our Senate runoffs in early January if we become Grinchian. It's it's kind of fun to watch in a weird way if we didn't have jobs and money involved, right? Stocks hit record highs, adding to the year-end rally. Happy days are here again. Home price growth surges at the highest rate since March 2014. That's not a surprise. I'm getting more and more emails of people saying, so when do you think the housing correction is going to happen? And ultimately, I like to err on the side of caution. I like to be more conservative than aggressive. And when do I think the market's going to have problems in housing? The number one area with housing for me is jobs. Right now, we're getting through people losing homes in foreclosure in large part because there's legislation that allows people to miss payments, but you're going to have to make those up. So the next recession, if you believe it's going to happen in 2020, good luck. 2020 is over. If you believe it's going to happen in 2021, I can see that coming. I think there will be a housing recession and a overall recession sometime in the next four years, but I'm only saying that due to history. I'm not calling one imminent. I'm not calling it right around the corner. I'm not saying anything like that. But I'm getting more and more emails from people going, I want to buy a rental. And I'm like, where? And a lot of people are really, really like Bakersfield. I'm like, Bakersfield is the middle of California. That doesn't really count. The jobs out there are like... I'm not going to say cotton picking or oil drilling. I'm not going to say like they're not exactly lucrative jobs. Are you with me?
Home price growth has accelerated a pace not seen in more than six years. And not all markets are created the same. The low cost of mortgages, the moving out of big cities has created, I'm not going to say artificial demand, but a demand spike that we really hadn't seen before, at least in a long, long time. Oh, best best uh, text message I saw yesterday or meme, if you will, it was pretty funny. Talking about polio and uh, talking about how everyone who had a polio shot in 1800 is dead today. <laughs> Coincidence? It's kind of funny because that's what we're dealing with right now in the United States is what does the next six months look like? We kind of feel after six months we'll have enough vaccine out there that if we're still struggling with COVID, we're looking at a double-dip recession. If people don't get vaccinated, we'll have different states go into recession, different states go into recovery. Um, I'm so tired of talking about COVID and the COVID recovery versus the stay-at-home play. But it's what the market gives us, and we have to work with what we see. I'm seeing more and more red now, a little bit of profit-taking, it feels like, at the end of the year. But home price growth accelerated in October to its highest level in more than six years. The Case-Shiller Home Price Index posted an 8.4% annual gain in October, up from 7% in September. Growth rate marks the highest level since March 2014. It's kind of interesting to note. I look at my home, and I don't see any growth because I saw growth from 2008 to 2007. 17, 16, 2018, and then I just saw, wow, it went too far too fast, and I've really seen no appreciation in it for the last two or three years. So the appreciation went to more mid-level homes and lower-level homes or entry homes. All 19 cities for which they have October data for the Case-Shiller report were up. So I'm not saying, poor me, I'm not up. I'm saying I saw most of my gains earlier in the recovery from the last housing recession versus later in it. Phoenix led the 20-city composite for the 17th consecutive month, recording a 12.7% annual increase. It's not lost on me that Phoenix is throwing, throwing distance from Southern California. The West Coast is seeing a, an exodus of people from California into more affordable markets. And that's benefiting Seattle and Phoenix and Portland, Denver enormously. Because a lot of people could sell their homes in the Bay Area and with the profits they got in the last 10 years, buy a whole freaking fragging home in outside markets. So again, we still get the historically low mortgage rates. And when that reverses, that's what I'm going to start seeing some problems with home prices. Not immediately, because it'll still be very low cost money. But the trend will be it's a little bit more to get a little bit less when you buy a home when mortgage rates are higher than lower. Mortgage interest rates continue to hit record lows in 2020. 
the 30-year fixed mortgage, which I'm going to be honest with you, this blows my mind. And I, I'm not even benefiting from it this low. My mortgages are all right around that 3.25% area. I don't have a sub 3%. I don't have a 2% plus mortgage. The 30-year fixed rate now is 2.66%. That's the 16th time this year it fell to a record low. Housing affordability, which has greatly benefited from falling mortgage rates, get more challenged when you have higher home prices. So the teeter-totter to me is the glory days are about over for home prices this run. But I'm not going to say that out loud. I'm not going to put that on record. I'm going to say, mm, even though logically it looks that way, you never know. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I feel like a broken record at times. Stories aren't really there right now. So I'm going to have to go back into strategy mode and talk what to do in good economies, bad economies. In large part, our stories are vaccine rollouts. We kind of knew back in March, if you go back and listen to the show, I thought this was going to be a bigger problem than it was. Being painted to be, and it turned out to be a bigger problem than it was, COVID-19. But also the research said that a vaccine is not going to be that difficult to figure out. And that the world kind of got a head start on it when China released the sequencing of the DNA very early on of what the flu vaccine looks like. Now we're seeing that it's morphing a bit and it's got people a little bit nervous. From what I can tell, there's no reason to be nervous on that other than short-term anxiety. The story continues to play vaccine rollouts. Fiscal stimulus from the federal government. What we've spent in 2020 helping people is a grotesque amount of money. And it's not free money. It's debt. It's low-cost debt. And I think it's very important debt. I think there's things that are like good debt, bad debt. I grew up with a daddy who was like, debt's bad. My dad was wrong. College debt is great if you're going to get a four-year degree that leads you to a meaningful career, typically in science or math. I can blank check and say college debt's good. Now, if you start to get a degree in like maybe teaching, a teacher in California doesn't make enough money to live on her own, <clears throat> to save for retirement on her own. That starts getting a little bit more problematic for me. When you're racking up $100,000 of debt so that you can live with three or four roommates until you get married, that's not great. <clears throat> the rest of America, not the rest, but a large portion of America, a teacher can have her own home. Not so much in California. 
So I've kind of stratused the debt issue. There's good debt. There's bad debt. Mortgage debt, good, because it's tax deductible. Trump took some of that away for Californians. High-income areas. But also good debt, student debt, if it's a, in a solid degree. And I'm not knocking the weaker degrees in this conversation. I'm just saying if you're asking me to rubber stamp something, that's what I'm going to throw down. Credit card debt's bad. Credit card debt's not horrible. It's when you don't pay it off your balances on a monthly basis, it becomes very problematic. When you're using credit cards to buy Christmas gifts that you otherwise wouldn't have got. I was talking to a young man this week. I'm like, hey, what you get your girlfriend for Christmas? And he spent more than I did. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say on his girlfriend versus what I spent on his girlfriend. Da -da -da I'll be here all day. Um, but credit card can become problematic at Christmas, especially if you don't know how to budget for things. Um, that's just my opinion. I'm a Grinch. I know it. But the stories this year, again, have been pretty consistent all year long. When will the vaccine rollout happen? Right now. What sort of fiscal stimulus will we get? Um, Trey Grande. Right now. The easy monetary uh, policies by the Federal Reserve of keeping money low, I think it's been extended all the way through 2022, although that just feels weird to say out loud. Like, how does he know he's not going to raise interest rates when it, it, the 10-year Treasury pushes above 3% or something like that? Jerome Powell's been good. He's saying, I got you back, I got your back for as long as it's going to take, even longer. But at some point in time, he's going to have to take that away. So I'm starting to see a lot of the positives rolled into the market, not necessarily creating a great 2022, but a solid foundation for 2021. Entering today's session, the S&P 500 was up 15.6% for 2020. The Dow is up 6.5%. The NASDAQ is up 43%. The NASDAQ is a market-weighted index, and there's a lot of conversation right now about the retail investor, that the average person spent their first stimulus check on Apple and Amazon and Facebook stock through Robinhood. That's the clamor. Reading up on COVID issues yesterday, it's pretty crazy. One out of 1,000 Americans have died from COVID. That's no joke. That's not, let's go to the beach and have a good day. Let's travel, kill grandpa. That's, that's, that's no joke. That's a big number. When you hear numbers like more people have died of COVID than died in World War II, as far as American soldiers, that's not funny. It's, it's, there's kind of a reality with all of this easy money that's being made on Wall Street there's a viral resurgence going on right now in Southern California that's grotesque. It's induced lockdown measures throughout the country. That's stunting reopening efforts. The viral spread is not under control. So, and it's interesting because Trump is leaving the office of presidency very much so uh, not on a working high note. And Biden's going to be handcuffed by what he inherits. But now, again, in four years from now, 
when we start running for president again, the Democrats should be able to say, hey, we took unemployment from 10 percent down to 5 percent. That should happen with the vaccine rollout, with fiscal stimulus, with the easy monetary policy. Four years from now, we'll probably be saying, man, the, the debt, national debt's out of control and we need to raise taxes or we need to change something. We need to tax the rich or tax cigarettes or tax whatever we can tax, right? So that's one of the reasons a company like DraftKings will do well because states are going to be cash-strapped. And over the coming years, as they look at their budgets, they're going to say, okay, we can feed the homeless or shelter the homeless or hide the homeless, but they all cost money. Hmm. So I'm not predicting lower returns because that's silly. What I'm saying is 2021 looks solid. 2022 looks questionable. And as the year develops, we'll have more on 2022. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I am super stoked that Provident Credit Union is sponsoring the show. That's like getting a sponsor like Coca-Cola, where you're just proud of the name to start with. On top of that, I'm a big fan of credit unions. <clears throat> this show is dedicated to bringing you quality financial tools to help you get to retirement. That's all I try to do. And I'm willing to leave when the time comes, when there's someone smarter, faster, cheaper, what have you. I work in radio essentially for minimum wage. Um, I enjoy it enormously for the cathartic talking about things out loud, which helps me become a better investor. Not necessarily a good husband, but a better investor. I'm caught up in this stuff a lot. So last night while watching Wonder Woman 1984, which for the record, I liked. I don't know. It's getting a lot of negative criticism on special effects, and they didn't bother me. Keep in mind, I don't really believe in invisible jets and magic lassos in the first place, so it's a special effect that I obviously see regardless, right? But I enjoyed it. And uh, the video service, HBO Max, it's a quality service, and they, they, they took their time putting it out there. That should help AT&T stock more than it has been. AT&T owns essentially Time Warner. Time Warner essentially owns Warner Brothers and HBO. And when I take a look at all the offerings for 15 bucks a month, I'm like, whoa. When I go back to movies, I'll start cutting back on my streaming services. But right now, the streaming services are movies for a lot of families. And I think Time Warner is pretty well positioned with HBO Max. And AT&T was pretty well positioned with HBO Max. With that said, it's tough to get into the analysis of it. That movie should have made a lot more money than it did. But will it translate into subscribers? I think it will. It's interesting because the press releases over the holidays has been that sold by Disney's Pixar was amazing. I was bored out of my mind. And that Wonder Woman was a letdown. I had a good time watching it. 
So I'm counterintuitive today. So maybe don't listen to anything I say financially speaking, right? Home prices accelerated in October to its highest level in more than six years. Back in March and April when COVID had us shut down, here's what the conversation sounded like on the show. I don't know if real estate's going to go up from here because people are afraid to go into other people's homes. We figured that out. We started wearing masks. We started uh, sanitizing everything. We're going into other people's homes. And as mortgage rates fell and people started saying, you know, my 1,600-square-foot home, I'd really like a 2,000-square-foot home or 2,400-square-foot home because all I see is my wife my kids now. Boy, I wonder how Ashley Madison did during COVID, right? When you that discreet affair that you could sneak out on your spouse suddenly became a lot less discreet. Housing went up nicely. Ashley Madison probably struggled during COVID. Isn't it weird how we're now talking in almost humorous terms? 330,000 Americans have died of COVID. That's one in a thousand. Most of us don't know anyone who's died. My mother didn't die, but my mother is severely crippled from COVID. She's severely compromised. So she got COVID late. She got it in November. Um, in a nursing home where, again, we go, how did we get it in? I get how we got in nursing homes in March and April. I don't know how I got in nursing homes in November because didn't we figure out housing? I get how housing went down in March and April. I don't get how, how – I, I get how it went up now because we figured out how to contain and sanitize and feel reasonably comfortable with something that's invisible, which again in itself is kind of funny. I've got a friend who was bragging that he was going on vacation in April and how the planes are empty and the restaurants are empty and he's having a great time. Only to like flash forward seven months and you're like one in a thousand people have died. More people than World War II. I don't want to get too too caught up in that. Let's move on to the stock market, shall we? Um, yesterday I brought up a stock that again, I want you to consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks I ever mentioned on the show. Past performance not indicative of future results, but Yelp was an interesting one because Jeremy Stompleman is getting a lot of video play in financial news because he's kind of the voice of restaurants. We know Yelp is great for, hey, I wonder what food is around here that I can grab. I love Yelp when I'm on a road trip because let's say you roll into a town that's somewhere in between Stockton and Lodi. And you're like, I wonder if they've got a good Mexican restaurant here. Boom, you're on Yelp and you find one, right? I know you're saying Stockton and Lodi. You don't know your geography well. I promise you I do not know my geography well. <clears throat> one of the things we are all doing right now is um, going to apps for entertainment, which benefits Apple's app store, right? One of the things I'll do is I'll pick up who wants to be a millionaire, the, the app. And now you're saying, where's this going, Rob? Um, I'm pretty good at trivial knowledge. If you ever get a chance to play Trivial Pursuit with me, I've never lost a game. Like, I will never, ever lose a game. But one area that I'm weak at is geography, apparently. There was a question that I was rolling through on my way to my fake million dollars that said something along, which is the easternmost portion of the world? And it was literally like Tunisia, Indonesia, Kazakhstan, and like a couple others. And I was like, I can't find any of those on a map. I have no clue. I better phone a friend. Um, and I know a map maker. 
by long story short, you get the idea. Rob knows no geography. We're all good at something, right? New York legislature passed another eviction ban allowing tenants to stay in their homes until May 1st. I, I, I wonder what's going to happen to housing and I wonder what's going to happen to our economy when some of these eviction bans stop or go away. Landlords show no mercy. So I question – and I own a rental property and my rental property management emails me on a regular basis like, hey, your tenant wants to move. In March, is that okay? They're going to break the lease by two months. I'm like, can you find someone else? And like, that's I, I'm an easy tenant. I'm not a jerk tenant. J.P. Morgan Chase announced that they're going to purchase a global loyalty division of a company called CX Loyalty Group. J.P. Morgan is saying people are going to travel out of their minds in the coming years, and they want their credit cards to reflect loyalty programs to reflect profits for them. So JP Morgan's consumer lending business said, people across the globe want to vacation and travel again, and hopefully that'll become a reality for many in the near future. They want to set up the credit card relationship with you with loyalty points and loyalty programs. I find that a positive note on the future. Elsewhere, Jack Ma he is the Chinese Jeff Bezos. His life is starting to look a lot like a series of unfortunate events. No need to call in Lemony Snicket. Not even a full week after the Chinese government filed antitrust suits against Ant Group at Alibaba, and it officially told Ant Group to rectify the company, Ant Group will be forced to return to its origins as a payment services provider and cease operations related to credit insurance and wealth management, which was its fastest growing divisions. So Alibaba posted an inside day where the stock tanked 13%. Here's a question for you. As an investor, how comfortable are you investing in Alibaba? If I were to tell you on a level playing field, it looks kind of like the Amazon of China. You'd be like, that sounds exciting. But then I throw in the Chinese government is historically renowned known for the fact that they are communists and communists aren't capitalists and communists play the game of capitalism a little different than capitalists play the game of capitalism. If Alibaba was a US-based company, we would be valuing it probably two to three times higher than it is today. But because it's in a communist country, we're like, not so much. Interesting, no? Um, some guidelines for airplanes are being talked about right now, trying to target planes, which account for 10% of all U.S. transportation emissions and 3% of the U.S. total greenhouse gas emissions. The EPA is trying to regulate greenhouse gas emissions for airplanes for the first time ever. I don't know how I feel about that other than the 737 MAX uses less fuel and that Boeing could be a play on regulations, right? Now i got a long way to go with that analysis, but that's the first thing I saw when airplanes are going green, headlines flashed across the Bloomberg terminal. Bitcoin was talk of the town during the holiday. Was it not? I'm looking at it and going, what do I do? It's clearly not in my wheelhouse. Cryptocurrency is up 450% since March. 
it bopped through 28,000 for the first time ever. It clearly looks like maybe 100,000 is in the chips, but there's no way to analyze it other than to say, this is the weirdest investment on the planet. It's not a company. It's not a currency. It's not recognized as a currency. It has no store of value. But yet it's starting to be adopted. And how long do you want to wait till you pull the trigger on it? Uh, or do you just go with a space company or an electric vehicle company or a cloud company or an artificial intelligence company or a self-driving car company? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Tesla's a stock everyone likes to talk about. You own the S&P 500. You now own shares of Tesla. And they're a big weighting in the S&P 500. Tesla's 2020 performance shattered expectations, to say the least. The company's stock price has rallied into the stratosphere. It has a market cap that makes it the most valuable automaker on Earth at more than $600 billion. It's hitting a record 500,000 vehicles delivered for electric vehicle market. They are the king in a market that should be moving more and more towards electric vehicles in a way beyond combustible engines. Tesla could possibly have an even more successful 2021 if you stop and think about it. Here's the reasons why. Tesla shares are up a staggering 13,000% since its 2010 IPO, making Tesla not just the most valuable car maker on earth, but one of the most valuable companies, period, on the planet. Can their stock be as lively as it was up until this point? Probably not. But let's not go there yet. Anyone who's shorted the stock has basically been blown out of the water. So there's not a lot of people betting against it. That's a negative, in my opinion. We knew that shorts were heavy. A lot of people thought Tesla was going to go to zero. They were spending too much money. And if you value a business on, they seem to be spending too much money. They're not making any money. They're burning it. Then you thought, maybe it could go to zero. And you kind of bought into the hype. Is the company massively overvalued? Probably, except for that, you know, the electric vehicle market's, what, 2 to 3% of all cars right now? And if they can get to 10% and you're the king of that that market, you're doing quite well. Tesla this year, and when I say this year, let's say 2021, now is something they've never had before. Capital, capital, and more capital. They've raised $10 billion of their own share price in the last two months. We're not going to be talking about them running out of money anytime soon. We're going to say they got too much of it. What are they going to do with it? Let's hope they don't do something stupid with it. That could be a very advantageous place to be to have that much cash. You've got a return to the federal tax incentives coming. Incentives 
helps lower the price of an expensive vehicle. Tesla crossed the threshold of 200,000 electric vehicles sold. Prior to hitting 200,000 vehicles sold, buyers could take advantage of a generous $7,500 federal tax credit via an Obama-era program. The credit is now phasing out, and the Trump administration was not supporting a fresh round of government will on uh, government subsidies on electric vehicles. But the incoming Biden administration should be different. So that should create a tailwind for Tesla. They need to come up with a new Model S and a new Model X. The Model X SUV with its exotic Falcon Wing doors came out in 2015. It needs a refresh. Both vehicles, the Model S and the Model X, were aimed at the luxury electric vehicle market. They were stand up. They were designed on a, I want to say a simple level, but they were designed to la- test the test of time, to pass the test of time. The S and the X are aging platforms. Musk has said they are not at the core of Tesla's future, which should lean higher on the volumes of Model 3s and Y. But 2021 could bring overdue updates, cosmetic refreshes to the exteriors, improved interiors. <clears throat> and again, nice little updates. Tesla came out with an update yesterday on software, or maybe last week, depending on how it rolled out. That's going to be kind of controversial. You can now reprogram your horn to make a farting noise. And if your car has the speaker on the outside, depending on what year you bought it, it will now make a farting noise instead of a beeping sound. Or you can make it whistle, or you can make it sound like a TIE fighter. I question, are America roads ready for this? It sounds silly, and it is silly. But when someone dies and says, let's sue the company... Because lawyers will try to figure out who can we sue. Will changing your horn to make a TIE fighter sound put you in jail? Will the government say that's really a bad idea? I don't know. 2021 will be a big year for Tesla in China, China, and more China. Yesterday I told you that the fashion market, they're starting to do runway shows in China. Just totally blowing past Paris and New York. China, China, China is a really important consumer. The energy business that Tesla has, the electric vehicles, promoted a lot of research and development into battery technology. And now that battery technology is starting to get put into a green economy, which I'm assuming, and I don't know politics well, I'm assuming the Biden presidency will make a big, 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 big push into solar panels and solar storage. And Tesla's right there. The Cybertruck is one of the most wild, kick-ass vehicles a car maker has ever proposed to sell to the public. It's ludicrous. It looks silly. It looks like something from an an apocalyptic movie, like a Mad Max uh, vehicle. The question is, will their pickup truck take business away from Ford or GM? I'm, I can tell you that people are gobbling up orders for the Cybertruck. The Cybertruck isn't the only new vehicle story. Fans are buyers of the stock have been patiently waiting for the, the new Roadster. Elon Musk has moved from California to Texas. How does that change him? Probably a lot more space work. Houston, we have a problem. 
I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.